is this the best anime intro of all time? I like the Yu Yu Hakusho one a lot. It's probably number two. But for me, Cowboy Bebop, you can't beat that intro. It's probably my number one. But anytime I watch Neon Genesis, then for like six hours, I'm just like, that is a fire on. intro. I'll give you that. <laughs> but it, no, Bebop is probably my number one as well. Okay, so do you want to hop into the episode then? Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Real Folk Dudes podcast. This is our second episode. Today, we're going to be discussing episode one of the live action Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Gospel. Now, the original anime, the first episode is called Asteroid Blues. Uh, before we get started, I wanted to give a quick thank you to Corey Nicholson. He's been a great asset, helped us get this thing set up, let me borrow a microphone, giving me tons of advice on getting a podcast going. Look him up. He does his own podcast. He does a gaming podcast. It's called Apparition. His Twitter handle is at I'm the Apparition. So, yeah, look him up if you get a chance. He's hilarious and he does a great job. Okay, so the series opens uh, with a casino standoff. A gentleman who does not like corporations, who does not like authority, and he and his uh, gang of thieves are trying to uh, steal tons of Wulong. I thought this scene did a really cool job of kind of just setting up the universe a little bit and showing like it's in the future, but it's still the Wild West. So you hear some awesome music and we're going to talk a lot about the music today I'm sure uh I hope you dug it as much as I did you hear some music some faint music as you hear an elevator coming to their floor and then the elevator opens up a cloud of smoke and here comes Spike with his super dope headphones on as chill as can be perfect intro to an anime for Spike to just walk out of there all casual like oh hey what's up and do, do you think Spike was aware of what was going on at that point? Or is that just a, a cool, you know? Yeah, he just needed to catch him off guard. Well, he, he definitely nailed that. Uh, so he enters the, the arena and there is a classic, you know, cowboy standoff. And, it, it, and the end result is just chaos. Chairs being thrown, guns being fired, fists being thrown. And it is a really cool uh, fight scene and I, I really dug it I really dug the uh, the way it was shot with the unique camera angles and the music was really cool the way it you know ratcheted up as the the chaos you know pursued uh, and then a gentleman well hold on before I get to that jet comes down from the ceiling is that right is that the way it worked yes <laughs> um, I, we texted a little bit about jet and we'll get into that uh, Jet comes in, you know, oh, hey, yeah, you blew our cover. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, before we get to that, there's there's an actual standoff. He, the the leader of the, the gang grabs an older lady and is trying to threaten, you know, I'll, I'll kill this woman if you don't stand down. He takes her as a hostage, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, classic standoff situation. Spike is cool as a cucumber, and about that time, a man walks out of the bathroom which is a, a, a typical type of Cowboy Bebop 
trope to take this really intense scene and then make it a little less serious with something totally silly happening all at once. He comes out with a big gun called a disruptor. And I was curious, have you, I don't remember the anime having anything to do with a disruptor. I was trying to remember and I couldn't either. Keep going. No, okay. So anyways, classic standoff, Spike's trying to play it cool. And it ultimately ends with Spike shooting the man at the same time that he shoots his disruptor and it blasts a giant hole in the casino through the spacecraft and now suddenly the lights are out and everything is being sucked into space coins are are being dispensed from a slot machine and just flowing out and hitting people as they're trying to grab onto anything they can to stay inside of the craft a pretty cool way to introduce the characters and I don't think there was any scene. Is there? I can't think of a scene that was specifically like that. I think this was written for the live action series. There were casino scenes, but there was never a hole in a casino, people getting sucked through it that I could recall. Mm-mm. One thing I did like in the scene was when they hit the emergency power and it cut off everything, one of the slot machines goes 777. And then that's what disperses all the coins, which yeah, is what yeah, breaks. Yeah. It's what breaks Spike's grip on being able to hold the... Which um, is super ironic, and I do dig... All the money in the world they can get that uh, we know that they will never get, so... Jed ends up getting to a button, closing, sealing the the hole, and it, and it, everything works out. But super cool scene. I thought he did a great job of setting things up, showing these main characters, showing the dynamic that they have, and saying, hey, this is what this show is going to be. It's going to be funny at times it's going to be chaos at times it's going to be artistic and just buckle up because it's going to be an interesting ride spike gives the introduction saying he's the the humble bounty hunter which is a direct line from the show uh cue the music it starts and i must say i i really enjoyed the credits just wanting abe casino was something i noticed was the name so i guess that was i I don't know who they were paying homage to yeah it's hard to say yeah (laughs) I, I didn't mind that they started with uh, a casino scene that is in the cartoon, I believe, episode three. So it's a way to introduce Faye immediately, um, especially because who knows when we're going to get Radical Ed. True. Um, and I don't think I, we've seen Radical Ed in the trailer, so I don't even know. Maybe Radical Ed would be a, maybe Radical Ed uh, in this series. Maybe it, maybe Radical Ed appears in a season two. I don't know. Don't If you have spoilers, don't tell me. I'll, we'll cross that bridge as it comes. Okay, so... The actual show begins after the opening credits with the iconic rose falling into the puddle. Beautiful. Love the symbolism. Love the the noir feel to it. Love the music. Mm -hmm. Love the tone of it. You couldn't have a Cowboy Bebop live action series without having that. That, I mean, that's, that's the core of it. I mean, how many times do you see that iconic rose falling on the on the ground in the anime. They really wanted to hammer that in there and I'm glad they brought it up as soon as they did. Then you go to the Bebop itself going through a portal. We touched on it last episode, just wanted to mention it again. The Bebop is the crappiest looking ship in the galaxy and I love it. Right. I love right. it that the main characters are driving this big hunk. It's 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 a, a 96 Honda Civic. That's what they're driving around in outer space. And as it's they try a, to go through the portal, Jet's like having to pound on it. He's pounding on it to get the little gates to go down. He knows it's a hunk of junk, but it's his. It works. I, I love it. And I love uh, the, I love the Falcon. Ball. 
Yeah, the a millennium falcon. falcon. <laughs> a falcon for the next millennium, so to speak. Yes, yes. Uh, what was I? <laughs> I love that they when they approached the the writer to make an anime all based around a spaceship that he was like okay fine here's your spaceship and made the crappiest looking spaceship you could possibly have and i know that when he brought that to him they were like seriously dude but what are you going to do because what he made was awesome so he's just you know kind of put his nuts on the table and it worked but the perfect way to say i'm the boss i call the shots i'm going to make a masterpiece and even though the one contingency you gave me was to give you a spaceship, I'll give you a spaceship, but it's going to be the biggest turd floating in outer space and you can just deal with it. I always thought that was cool. So we cut to Jet and he is expressing how important it is that he makes some money because he needs to get his daughter a doll. <laughs> they, they can barely just afford to eat. <laughs> Did someone just want, it's like, they're like, let's, let's put a squid game reference in there. Let's do that. I, I, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's fine. I guess it's it's sweet. Um, they are so poor, they can't have beef and peppers. They can only have peppers, but he's got to get this doll for his daughter that I'm going to assume he probably doesn't see very often. Um, but it's, you know, that's none of my business. That's neither here nor there. And then you get the conversation that Jet and Spike had in a much later episode in the anime, if I'm remembering right, about his metal arm about how, oh, you could get a, a new one grown for you if you if you really wanted. And Jet was very adamant about, you know, he didn't want that. And he said, sometimes when you lose something, there's just no getting it back. And I am glad that they incorporated that. And I really hope that they do it justice by going back to that and revisiting it at a later point, the same way they did in the anime. Oh, come on, Spike. <laughs> come on, Spike. Uh, while we're at this, can we, okay, I, I thought face performance, and we'll get to her, I thought she was good, I thought John Cho was good as Spike, for some reason Jet, I just wasn't feeling it. Do we want to go in on Jet now? Yeah, I mean, at some point we're going to have to, so I mean, if you think there'd be a more appropriate time to do it, that's fine, but. I think we ought to wait because we still have more bad scenes with Jet to <laughs> okay. unpack. That's fine. That's fine. That, this is a classic tease. We will revisit that. But just know we are not particularly pleased with Jet. But I will like to say something. I think John Cho clearly is a fan of the show. He acts like someone that's watched the show, that cares about the show, that understands the show. I really like um, it. Felt like, it felt like Spike. He looked, he looked like Spike. And he kind of looked like Bruce Lee, which is literally what, you know, Spike was designed to look like. So I did enjoy Spike's debut. The pilot song, I believe, is what's in his ears. Mm -hmm. It's a song that you're hearing in um, in Asteroid Blues, I believe, in the first episode. Oh, OK, they, uh, I didn't put that together. I knew I liked the song, but I didn't put that together. I believe that's third episode that they're leading off with. It's all early exposition, so it, it works. Okay. Um, I, I was not really feeling Jet's performance either. I, it started with the first scene. He falls out of the roof. They immediately cut to him. He's not wiping any dirt off of him. He's just like, it's like he's in a studio just talking to Spike. Oh, come on, Spike. It felt like a um, video game. Yeah, it felt like John Cho was acting and Jet was doing really great voice acting. He sounds exactly like Jet. He sounds amazing. And we talked about how we much we love the show for the voice acting. But now 
it's got to be different now because you're agreed. We're we're dreaming, but we're dreaming in a in a different way. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's cut to our boy, the cocaine eyeball man. Let's go. The best new, part of the episode. New Tijuana. New let's Tijuana go. looked very familiar. It was Fire. like when I played the Final Fantasy VII remake and I was all of a sudden in that Final Fantasy VII world and it was super immersive and it felt real and fleshed out. That's what New Tijuana felt like. It felt like I was visiting a place that I had seen a rough version and had to imagine as a kid. I've also, Asimov and Katarina, in my opinion, carried this episode. Every scene they had was a banger. I mean, they were great in the anime, too, and we'll talk more about that as it comes to it. Yes. Uh, in, the, in the anime, they have a little bit where they say, oh, you know, uh, what was it, a Bloody Mary? What did she ask for? Was it a Bloody Mary? And he said, oh, I don't have I any tomato so. juice. Oh, we'll check the back. It was a little different on this one, but it still led the same way with the bartender. Uh, well, I guess in this case, it was the bartender taking him over to the owner or whatever, and they were in the back room, and the owner insisted that he demonstrate that these drugs were the real deal so of course he obliged and he you know took his cocaine eyeballs and he had an awesome line he said he felt like i just mainlined god that's right that's right and that's what you I feel enjoyed like you the, do cocaine straight in the eye yeah i i really enjoy you know he doesn't have the guitar case with him they uh in the anime they really leaned into the antonio banderas desperado and you'll see that they'll they'll pay homage to a lot of different um westerns over time and in the first episode and at least in the cartoon they did uh, desperado um or at least some semblance of it and this one they they keep the theme but there is his uh, he has a girlfriend who is ostensibly pregnant she goes into the bar asks for a drink and the the bartender is a she asks for a drink of water because mm-hmm. she doesn't want any alcohol because she's pregnant and the bartender is very callous and pours out alcohol and makes a yeah. joke water it's, it's very we just do tequila here man don't be ridiculous you need anything but water or something yeah, like that I, I don't i don't completely was, understand what she's getting it at was but, definitely you know, not it wasn't the way you would think someone would interact with a with a pregnant lady it seemed very callous of the I, the, the bartender to do something like that i guess they're just um, really trying to play up that this is the old rootin tootin west out here like you know <laughs> Or even if a pregnant woman walks in, you're not going to let your guard down because maybe things aren't how they seem, no matter what. Yeah, and, you know, we'll get to that later, but, you know, maybe they got that right. Then the syndicate shows up. The syndicate's different in this one. In the anime, it just looked like dudes, and it was a little bit obscure in the, in the anime because you're like, well, who, who are these people? What are they doing here? In the live action, it's pretty cut and dry. This is a syndicate. The syndicate, they all look the same. They all dress the same. They all act the same. And uh, everything just goes from zero to 100 very quickly. And I wrote down the soundtrack is nails because the music is frantic. It's awesome. It's perfect for the scene, as usual. In terms of aesthetics and looks, I think they've they knocked most of it out of the park, especially with Spike. Really cool shots. Yeah. And you saw the old men sitting at the table, which was also cool to see that. Like, they that's did. something that I remember from the anime. They gave you quite a bit. They gave you the, they gave you the old men playing cards. They gave you yeah. the blind guy with the goggles. We mm-hmm. got the casino scene. We got the red eye. They tried to give us like five or six, 
And I believe they were actually at the very end of the credits, but it goes really fast. You would have to pause it. I think mm-hmm. they reference all the episodes that they pulled from, and it's like four or five. Oh, that's cool. So uh, after everything goes haywire, you cut to Jet. He's claiming his bounty, and he's talking to another gentleman that he knows from the ISSP. Uh, right. We know from the anime that Jet used to work for the ISSP, and right. apparently he has some sort of relationship with this cop. And apparently that cop has some sort of relationship with his woman or did have a relationship with his woman. I don't remember that in the anime, um, but he was pretty, pretty brazen about it. Basically, it was like, hey, yeah, you stuffed my lady. <laughs> Something to that effect. You were throwing her your, your own bone. Yes. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like something that Jet would say, but that's not, that's not the actor's fault. That was the line, you know. Well, here's what here's immediately when you knew it was something different. They were cashing a bounty. I'm like, well, that what the fuck? They just got a bounty. <laughs> they they did they did, but it was like uh, it was to show all the tax that they got like a hundred thousand out of. Which you got to figure inflation in 2071. That's probably like fifty bucks. And he even said he's like, well, it barely covers the gas that we use to get there. Just want to take a quick second to mention how cool it was seeing Spike practicing his karate shirt off. Like he looked cool. Uh, had all the well, moves. Before before you say anything like that, that was probably that was one of the most interesting transitions to the show because that's the cut right after this scene at the ISSP where they add this whole arc and all these things that were just um, frustrating. They give us one of the best scenes in the whole episode, which is you know Spike working the working the speed bags yeah. <laughs> for for, yeah. for Jeet Kune Do. So yeah. beautiful. Looked good. Um, and I stayed say this, I'm going to do the George Costanza with a staunch reputation of unblemished heterosexuality. He looked fabulous. He looked great. He looked great. Beads of sweat dropping off of his abs. I mean, he's, he got ready for this role. And, and, you know, we've talked about it before. I think he took this role seriously. I think he was a fan of the anime, just like we, we were a fan, are a fan of the anime. And I think he wanted to knock it out of the park. And so far, episode one, I feel like he really is doing that. Yeah, I mean, I really pity him with that eight-pack there. Um, no dairy, no alcohol, mm. no gluten. Um, I think he is actually on the Spike Spiegel diet. It's like just peppers and cigarettes. Mm-hmm. If you add cocaine to that, that's the David Bowie diet. I think you I think you close your eyes and you imagine there's beef with the peppers as well. That's what you have to I do. Think. That's what you do when you're poor. That's what Jet always said. Uh, so Jet gives him the slip. Hey, here's how much how much money we had. This happens a million times in the anime. Here's how much money we made Spike. Spike throws a fit because there's no money left. Jet explains to him that the reason there is no money is because Spike destroyed whatever or killed so-and-so or or whatever it was. And Spike says, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I did kind of have some problems. Uh, Jet's always got to be the the adult, the dad. Yeah. But he's cool about it. They, you know, a few minutes later, they're going to end up getting into an altercation, which they fight like brothers, and it gets quickly resolved like brothers. Um, Something that I wish that they kind of laid the, and they they still have time, but you know, Jet and Spike don't really know each other that well. They haven't really been doing bounties for that long, and the trust is not really developed there yet. Um, yeah. It will because of just their natural chemistry they have together, especially because, the, the, you know, 
it's the kind of personalities that the people you fight with are the people that you trust the most because they call true. you out. True, true, shit. true. So. Well, and the people that you're going to get into these, if they're strangers, or you're not comfortable with them, you're probably less likely to get into it with somebody. But like when you're with them every day, you're going to feel comfortable enough to, to have these types of, you know, honest discourse. So Spike and Jet end up on in new Tijuana, new TJ. Spike meets the pregnant woman, air quotes on pregnant. We'll get to that. And uh, what he helps her light, he helps her light a cigarette. Did you, what did you think about that scene? Great scene. He's cool. He's smooth. And his favorite bounty, uh, home-wrecking sociopaths. <laughs> mm, indeed. We talked about it in the first episode. He looks awesome smoking cigarettes. And cigarettes are kind of awesome anyways. So, but yeah. Uh, he helps her light the cigarette, and then after he lights it, he's like, you know, you don't really need this. I'm going to keep this. It's bad for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then that's great. he gets interrupted with a nice little gun to the back of his head. Da-da-da-da! Enter Faye Valentine. That's I did right. not expect to see her episode one. What did you think about seeing her episode one? When they did the casino to open the show, it made me think that she was going to show up because she's on that bounty too she's connected to it now they changed it they connected her to the asimov bounty going after katarina which i don't believe is in the show i don't think there's any connection because faye doesn't show up during that episode so that it was a it was a cool little plot twist i i have no issue with bringing her in early i didn't think it was i didn't think it it felt rushed i thought they did it appropriately and I think that their rationale is, if we're only going to have 10 episodes, let's have 10 episodes with Faye in them. And that's perfectly fine with me. Sure. I mean, you're not going to get complaints from me on that. Um, <laughs> of course not. And they're definitely, um, I must say, she uh, she's definitely laying the uh, passive-aggressive flirts on Spike early. Yeah, well, that's, you know, uh, th- I think that's part of her thing. And honestly, I don't even know at least at this point she doesn't know spike and she's just doing the one thing that she's really good at which is being flirtatious and being you know uh i think she is able to get a lot of men a lot of men to lower their guard when she shows up but i guess level 50 rogue i was gonna yeah i was gonna mention it later later on in in the podcast but it's worth noting while we're on it in the anime she was dressed very scantily clad really i didn't have a problem (laughs) really i never noticed i didn't really have a problem with classing it up a little bit more in the live action did you have any thoughts on that i had no problem with it at all yeah i I don't i didn't think it really changed the core of of her character that that episode was really like they were going to give katarina the very sensual kind of scenes that was fake Faye has that side, but that is Faye's at work right now, and yeah. that is. Had they done it, so, I think it would have been it would have been fine. It would have been like a Harley Quinn thing. Like, yes, she can be sexy, and yes, she can be scantily clad, but don't think that it makes her any less badass. Don't think it makes her any less, you know, of a threat. The fact that they chose not to have her have her scantily clad doesn't bother me in the slightest. It's they could have done it either way. What they did was fine. I don't have any comment on it. 
I was mad more that she got captured so easily by Spike because I know for a fact that that wouldn't have happened in the anime. Yeah, she's a little more slick than that. Yeah, because the first time they tried to capture her, she broke out and ran away for a couple yeah, episodes. Yeah, because she is unassuming, back. and she does play that well. Uh, I did think it was neat that they gave her those little, like, uh, little, I don't know, little hand spade things that I don't remember seeing any of those in the anime. That was kind of a cool thing. Yeah, it was. They, they um, there's, there's only so much you can do in a live action because with, with actors just because of how athletic um, – not only Spike is, but how athletic Faye is. So, and I thought they tried to they tried to do a good job with that. And so, a few things I really liked about New Tijuana. I enjoyed the the free Titan solidarity stencil. Like the the kids are playing football, mm-hmm. they're kicking the soccer the, the soccer ball around. And you see like a free Titan. That's cool. Um, right. Uh, I love the luchador ads that you would see around around Tijuana. Obviously, the bartender was great. That whole scene with, yeah, I mean, I can't say enough about how great Asimov and Cater. I thought they absolutely nailed it. They awesome performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have, yeah. a, film, I have a feeling they won't be in episode two for some weird reason, but we'll get to that later. So after the dust somewhat settles, you see Asimov and Katarina both driving off in what looks to be like a 1960s car really cool classic car which would have to be the biggest hunk of junk at that particular time or a perfectly restored classic masterpiece i don't know however they've handled it but um uh, their car. introduction their intro the introduction to the characters is him holding a gun to a doctor's head while she patches him up yeah. And then Katarina looking away from all of that because she doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, she doesn't want to see that part of that. She doesn't want to pay attention to that part of Asimov. She just wants to see hunky sweet Asimov, not with holding guns to the doctor's head. So she's trying to light a cigarette. And then we get into the scene that you talked about. But yeah, I just want to mention that again. Yeah, of course. Uh, then you cut back to the bebop. Faye is handcuffed in the bathroom, similar to last time. Right. A little less provocative than it is in the anime. Again, don't really have an issue with that. It's fine. Uh, no, she was great. She asked for a shittier toilet sarcastically. And then <laughs> uh, Jet introduced himself and she said F you, which is like the story of Jet's life right there. So that was great. Agreed. Agreed. And did you have a problem with that? Like uh, the language is definitely, the anime was TVMA. This would be an R-rated, you know, with the violence and with the language. Uh, it didn't bother me. I mean, honestly, I know you said they're making this for kids. Part of me does feel like they're also making it for us. I think they're saying the people that grew up watching this are older now, and they're not going to believe it if they get killed. They get sent to the next dimension, Dragon Ball Z style. It has to be more raw than that. I had a problem with it. No, did you now? I I did. I actually do have a problem with it on principle. Jet scenes, it, it, it felt like they were trying to make a kid show. And then when you throw a bunch of language in, it belies that. So then it's like, okay, is this an adult show? Well, then if it's adult show, why did you just give us that scene with Jet? That's a fair point, but maybe the issue was more with Jet. <laughs> it was with, if you take Jet out know. of the equation. Well, well I'm not saying it's – I don't love Jet's performance, but he's not being put into good situations right now. I mean, that it's like in the opening scene – Like you said, the voice sounds spot on. He looks oh, like spot Jet, on. but it's just not playing for me. 
No, it doesn't work in like he's doing a great. He's doing like John Cho's not doing the Spike Spiegel impression. His he's changed his voice a little bit, but if he tried to do an exact Spike Spiegel impression, it would feel like voice acting, not mm -hmm. live action acting. Yeah, I, I do think there's a difference in saying I'm going to become this person versus I'm going to try to sound like this person. So Faye or Jet talks more about his daughter. He's got to get that doll. Uh, because Spike's ready to give up on it. He talks him into it because that's always how it goes. And then we finally get the first appearance of Spike's little red spaceship. That's right. Pretty cool. Glad to see that on, you know, a live action screen. Oh, yeah. Super cool to see that fleshed out. And Faye escapes. She gets out of the bathroom. I don't know how long <laughs> they would have kept her in there if she wasn't able to escape. And then she finds the password. And I wanted to mention this to you. The password that was written down was Bean. I laughed out loud when I saw that because it was it was Bean. <laughs> no, it, and the fact that it says password Bean. That is funny. It's a terrible password, and these, they put the that it's the, are these the motherboards? <laughs> they put that it's the password. Those are beans. I, no, I laughed out loud too, but I was like, really, Bean? Okay. Yeah. So maybe they just go, love Kobe. Yeah, I mean, rest in peace. Love Kobe. They go to the spaceport. Spike cuts off Asimov and Katarina at the spaceport. And inevitably, the syndicate shows up. Oh, yeah. Things get real. Explosions, gunshots. Uh, really cool, artistic, the way they shot it. Man, Spike's body count, he killed more people in this episode than he did in the entire series in the anime. I don't know how well that yep. sits with you. <laughs> do you have anything to say about that, or do you want to save that for the final thoughts? You know, it's it's fine because the way they do it, they try to disconnect you from the violence. They'll cut you from the actual the actual impact shots, and then show you just the aftermath, which is kind of their way of not pouring it on you. I mean, yeah, Spike is a mass murderer, but we don't want to look at him in that in that light. Yeah, if this was real <laughs> life, there would be a bounty out on Spike's head. How many people has he freaking shot? Well, there Criminals is a bounty not, on Spike. Goodness, <laughs> well, there's about well, there he's just earned himself a bounty now because we know what's coming next. Yeah, that's the worst bounty, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. They called I can't remember the the guy in the syndicate what his name was Ch Chivo or something like that. Chivo, yes. Okay. He called Spike fearless. And I don't remember that from the anime. I think it's cool. And it makes, it opens the door to the possibility that Vicious is also a nickname that he has another name as well. I, I liked it. I thought that was really, I don't remember that either, but I thought that was, I thought that was clever. It's like, oh, okay. Like they give him an adjective. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I think it's cool. And it goes to show that the two of them were both super important, that they don't have, they don't go by their names. They're so elite level of the syndicate that they had crazy, super dope nicknames. That's what everybody at work calls me, fearless. That's just, you know. So Asimov and Katarina, they both escape into space, heading towards Mars. In all the chaos, they finally get on the spaceship and they're flying off. The ISSP stops them and says, stop where you are. If you come any closer, you're going to get blasted. Spike says, hey, Spike guys. <laughs> he 
tried to tell him. Yeah, he tried, you're going to learn today. He's, he tells him, hey, you need to stop. Katerina looks at him and she says, it's like you said, it's time to wake up. And she flies forward and the ship just gets obliterated. Now, this is different than the anime. In the anime, dude, the dude is shooting up red eye in his, in his face like crazy and she knows that it's going nowhere that, you know, and, and she puts a stop to it. She puts a bullet in his head right there in the spaceship. Yep. I always thought that was a really cool iconic scene in the actual anime. And as a kid, I remember watching it and thinking, oh, this show is serious. There's real implications. These characters are real. And that guy that you thought you might see again down the road, that there may be more of a story to him. No, no, no. His story ends right now. I, I thought that was really cool. And I don't really have a problem with it. You can tell me what you think of the it ends in the same way that dead is dead but they did take a creative twist to how they got there they pulled that was kind of their way of bridge i guess they were trying to bridge a final standoff and so they used the guys trying to make the ufo which i think is from a different episode but it worked for this because they're trying to use that to escape no like i said i really loved asimov and katarina in this they I, looked good they gave a great performance it it had the, the same feel as the anime when they would you know interact no they they knocked it out of the park I they had love, good chemistry uh, even the way that she like looked at him in, in the standoff like it it, it yeah. worked yeah because you know spike spike's doing spike's doing everything he can to uh rescue as many many women from a uh, evil uh violent sociopaths that he can and so he sees a, a beautiful woman that's that's with with a man like that and yeah and it's interesting you know she gets when she gets shot at the end and you see the ultimate reveal and kind of what the bartender had suspected all along she's not pregnant she's just mewling this red eye it, it was i love the cutaway to like spike like how hard because i've never seen a guy that wanted to be a stepdad more than spike <laughs> just take it away from him right there oh so yeah, for, for a guy who cares about nothing he cares about nothing i don't care if i Except live or being die, a stepdad but i gotta be a stepdad he was heartbroken love i love the standoff where he's he's walking towards asimov with the gun which seems almost cartoonish but when you and it is but when you think about it he knows he knows what asimov sees he knows asimov's not going to shoot him because jet's got a gun on both of them He's not going to blow up the situation there. He's and not going to get this. If Jet wasn't there, I don't think that would stop Spike from being cool as a cucumber anyways. Maybe not, but it, it validates why he acted the way he did. Okay, so the episode ends in with the syndicate. I don't if this is this their headquarters. It looked like a meat locker. I don't know what exactly is going on here. Yeah, my, my note said vicious Balboa. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't really know what's going on maybe that'll make sense uh it, it makes me think of the watchman series on hbo to where you're seeing all these like just weird sceneries and you don't really know maybe that'll make sense to us in later episodes uh but right now it looks like a meat locker to me blood contrasts well with all white and you're going to get a lot of blood around that all white yeah, well he's a bad guy walker a lot of blood for bad guys. So we meet Vicious. He predictably looks freaking awesome. Looks super cool. Yeah. Did you get did you get Javier Bardem and Skyfall like the vibes? I sure. I, I don't think I <laughs> just like 
I mean, he didn't pull his like he didn't pull a fake jaw off of his face, but no, he looked he looked great. I think uh, I think I was right that Vicious does look cooler than Spike, as he should. Yeah, yeah, it would make sense. Give definitely like Sifiroth vibes to go back to Final Fantasy uh, Seven. Yeah, uh, dude gives him the bad news that. That guy fearless that I heard about, that's what Chivo said was that that guy was fearless. And I would say Vicious took that news not well. No, he killed the messenger, which is, uh, <laughs> you, you, you feel like that's the, there's like a rule that you don't do that, that you don't yeah. just, that, that's not the person that you blame. But yeah, um, as the bad guy he, rules, he just doesn't. He is going to, to blame the messenger for bringing that news to his ears. And he doesn't tell Julia. He just says it's old business. So, yeah, going to that, he sees a beautiful woman with blonde hair. Yeah, I don't know what her name is. I just said Julia. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. And uh, she asks what it was, and he says, it's just old business. And you see her turn, and you see a rose tattoo on her shoulder. In scene. All in all, I'm positive. I take, a, I take more positive from this episode than negative if i have a gripe it's with jet there's time to turn that around but i don't like that they've already kind of made him look like a cuck with the issp officer stuffing his lady i don't i don't remember that in the anime and in the anime jet was kind of a boss dude like i don't know we'll we'll see how that goes and like you said i just wasn't really feeling the performance We'll see how that goes. They they both got the cut treatment this episode. Uh, <laughs> well, he, Spike really. got it the entire entire series in the anime, but I don't particularly remember it being like that for Jet in the anime. But we'll see how that no, goes. He tried. He tried to. He he thought he was saving Katarina, but Katarina she was too loyal to her mm-hmm. to her guy. She was never going to turn on him. And. I, I still enjoyed the scene where she's trying to, you know, she's trying to get him out and she knows what's going to happen. They basically get the body and Clyde treatment at the end mm-hmm. where they just get shot to pieces. Yeah. Um, you Super know, artistic, and tra- really cool. I mean, the way the, the music oh, yeah. is. And she was going to, she was going to, she was going to try to stay with Asimov as long as there was a chance. Yeah. And even though he dies on the way and he was not in great shape, she was going to do everything she could. And yeah. kind of gets her uh, her own series finale in a way. She gets her mm-hmm. moment where she says, you know what? I'm going to wake up from the dream. And Spike watches her do that. And I don't know, maybe he took a note or something. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Change the order that they may happen or change some specific details that lead to that point. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where it takes us and how they how they deliver. And I still feel positive about the series, despite the handful of gripes that I knew I would end up having. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge a show off the pilot just because, you know, when you watch enough shows, you see it sometimes takes a while. There's chemistry that actually has to develop between the actors that you don't, that is different with voice acting. Um, They still have to get somewhat on the same page. You know, we both watched it a couple times, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think there's another show that I would watch twice that I would give the time. I watched it last night and it felt like I was back to being a kid again, staying up late, like adult swim, you know, I'm dozing in and out, especially now because I don't get as much sleep because I have a one-year-old, 
but it felt like I was a kid again, staying up, laying in bed, watching Adult Swim, watching Cowboy Bebop, seeing all these characters, and in a way, for the first time, all over again. So that was cool. And then the second time watching it, that was kind of work. That was, I'm going to watch this and look for some more specific details so that I could actually relay that information. But yeah, it, totally. there's not a lot of shows that I would give that much attention or time to, to watch it back to back like that. I saw some of the review. I think the Ringer, the Ringer gave it a, most of the reviews weren't great that I saw like just around the internet. Um, the, no, no, I don't care. I'm just stating it. Um, the, the Ringer, the Ringer, Justin Charity, my boy at the Ringer that I would love <laughs> to be friends with someday that loves that thinks Young Thug is better than Kendrick. He, uh, um, so my spirit animal, basically, um, he, <laughs> he, he said he thought it succeeded on its own terms. So, um, was he coming uh, on the first you know, episode or the series? Had he seen the whole series? The series. He probably had access to the whole series early uh, because he's okay. a, cause he's a hot shot. Yeah. Look, so, I, mean, I, I know people couldn't wait for the opportunity for this to come out so they could just shit on it. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I think the fans will decide how good it actually is, the real fans, uh, and and we'll see how it holds up. You know, this is the first time watching it. The anime has been around for decades now. Let's just let's watch it. Let's have an open mind. Let's enjoy it, and then we'll we'll see at the end of it what we what we think and how it compares. There was enough positives in the episode that. Um, if I, with no context, obviously I will keep watching, but with no context whatsoever, I, I could see people still being interested in the show. I yeah. do think. When you that, compare it to the greatest anime of all time, it's a little difficult. Sure. It feels like, part, you know, part of it is just the saturation of everything that's on Netflix now, but I don't know. I, I liked that the teleplay was done by Christopher Yost. We weren't sure how much he was going to be involved in the show um because was he the showrunner on the mandalorian i think so or at okay, least one so, of them yeah okay so he has he has a big role in this as well yeah, um, they weren't playing they brought in big name guys to do this so i'm i'm gonna hold out for that if i, I i'd be lying if i say i love the first episode just because i thought there were um and that's just because i expect so much from the show if you give me a couple bad scenes i'm i'm going to be i'm going to be frustrated but there were plenty of things to like, especially with Spike, with Faye. They can bring on just one-off characters like Katarina and Asimov. And if you can knock it out of the part with it, you can knock it out of the part with that most of the time with, with different characters and a revolving door, um, the, a roulette wheel, so to speak, of, of Bag As, then, then I'd, I think there's plenty to, to look forward to. So yeah, I'm going to watch the... I'm going to watch the next episode tonight, probably. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then, yeah, hopefully we can, we can meet up in a few days and, and chat about it then. Yeah. The, we may have mentioned this. I know we, we texted about it. I wish that the anime had dropped one episode a week so that people have time to watch it, to digest it. People like you and I have time to take notes on it, to be very deliberate and really digest it fully. I don't love the idea that they just throw it all out there and people can blitz through it. And it's fine. If you don't care at a, at a certain level, if you, if it's not, you know, the biggest show in the world to you, that's fine. I understand that. But I do think it would have been fun for 
everyone to talk about that one episode for an entire week. And then a new episode comes out and everyone talked about that one episode for an entire week. So by the time that some people listen to this episode, they'll have watched the whole series. And that's fine. I still hope you come back and listen to us, listen to you know our take on each individual episode, because we're going to try to break down each one of them at a level that is more than just glossing through it. Because I think if you look at the whole series like an album, that's awesome. But then you're not appreciating each individual track. And that's what we want to try to do is break down each individual track, give them all their due justice. Uh, there was a ton of work that went into every episode here as far as the writing, the production. You can tell this wasn't taken on half-heartedly, and we wanted to give it its due diligence. So uh, we hope you'll keep listening to it, uh, and we we look forward to rolling out these episodes as quickly as we can. So just wanted to put that out there. Final thoughts, Walker? There are there are plenty of takeaways to um, to keep me interested. So going, you know, I'm interested in at least it, just watching it from as one episode of television by itself with no other context. What mm-hmm. I would be interested in, I'm I'm very much interested in the the vicious at the end and his relationship with with that woman. I'm obviously interested in I think Faye going forward. I think the different, all the different bounties and the people they interact with. No, while I do feel like in some way, (laughs) I will defend till the end of time that Cowboy Bebop is not only an A-plus anime, it's an A-plus level show. Oh, yeah, it's top five for me, probably. So what we're getting with this, while this may very well be uh, perhaps maybe not A-level television, um, I went into that understanding that 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 was probably like the cost of trying to transition something like this to live action. And like you said at the very beginning, no, it kind of does feel like a lot of it they're giving to the old. They are giving a lot of stuff to the old fans, maybe trying to get the children of old Cowboy Bebop fans into the show. But <laughs> I thought it was. I did think it was. I thought it was interesting that they they almost upped the the language in a way they they up the use of of curse words when i would have figured that they would have lowered it with just kind of the way they were trying to shoot it so granted sometimes pilots are way different from everything else really happy with john cho i think john cho did a really knocked it out of the park i'm so glad they cast him but as we know you know spike spike is spike is as good as his his surroundings so we'll have to see we'll have to see some high points in the other characters i imagine is i bringing Faye in the last 20 minutes i thought she did a really i thought she did a great job and yeah. and it'll be cool to see how that, how those interactions with her work now that she's essentially part of the crew i'm i'm excited going forward and i'm i i don't care how how fast people binge it i'm ready to to watch it at a, at a snail's pace and and just really take it in and, and break we'll it down do, we'll do what we can I, look i know you would be able to watch it way faster than me uh i would ask that you probably don't do that if you can help it for the simple fact that i think if it were me i would have a hard time deconstructing it after i had seen it all because once you have the full context so if you if it's possible try to stay with you boy uh and you know no worries we'll meet back as soon as possible to talk about episode two venus pop venus pop that's right all right i look forward to talking to it then we will uh we'll see we'll see you all then 
All right. Thanks for listening to the Real Folk Dudes podcast. And uh, we'll see you later, Space Cowboy.